Welcome to the, the Catholic Influencers Podcast. We meet again, such a blessing to be able to break open the Word of God, the Word of God, which is so rich. And yet when we read it, sometimes can be so boring because we don't understand just how powerful it is. So this week and every week we attempt to open this Word of God, to explain it to you, to help you live it to the full. Elisa, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. Isolation, locked up. <laughs> Locked up. Stage four. Stage four. What what does stage four mean? Like, we're crazy stage four. Crazy stage four in Melbourne. We are not allowed to leave our house unless we're leaving for one hour a day exercise, like outside of our house. Mm. And one person in the house is allowed to go shopping for, like, to the supermarket, the supplies that you need. But even if you go out, you have to wear a mask. So basically everything happens at home. Yes. And you, there's curfew as well. So like eight, eight PM. So at like 10 to eight, I take my dog for a walk, quickly walk around the block. And then after that, if he needs to pee too bad, it has to be on the carpet. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have a small backyard. So it has, and then 5 AM as well. Again, you cannot go exercising at 4 AM. Not that you'd want to, it's freezing right here. If anyone would do it at 4 AM, it would be you. (laughs) Yeah. No, maybe not. No, not in this cold in summer. Maybe it's actually winter here um, in, in Melbourne. It was like minus three or something like that a few days ago at like I, six in the morning. Minus I don't even know. I haven't been out <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's really cold. But it's a, we're blessed. We're blessed. And it gives us opportunities as well because we get to, like, for example, this, to study the Word of God, to dig deep into the Word of God. I'm loving as well preparing resources on church online. We have a, also a resource, Knowing Mary, and we're doing some more schools online. Get, I really love that I get to refocus we focus on on what is most important yourself as a, as well a touring musician you've had to refocus as well in what you're doing doing a whole bunch of live streams and my husband and I have been creating a couple of videos of songs that like kind of shaped us so I finally got to do my Delta Goodrum song last yeah. week which I was very excited about amazingly produced uh, wow yeah like, it's good where thank you where enjoying this new world, I think. Yes, it is. It's, it's opportunity. Eh? And I think this is what Romans 8.28, one of my favorite Bible verses, it says that God is able to use every situation for the good of those who love him. And this is what God does. He bless. He brings blessings, not only on us, but also on the people around us when we trust in him. And this is just um, something I declare, something I speak. And that's why I remain positive as well, <laughs> even in this circumstance from touring 300 times on a plane last year to nothing this year. But I'm blessed. I I feel blessed. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to continue into the book, um, the gospel according to Matthew. We're still in Matthew. And as keep in mind, even as we read um, the gospel, because we're in the same book, we're in the same gospel, there's a journey. And now the journey is progressively moving towards the cross. So in the context of where we're going, we're moving slowly, slowly and more slowly towards the cross. So let's maybe declare the word of God. Let's read the word of God. This is the 21st Sunday in ordinary time, Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. This is so rich. I encourage you, even as Alyssa declares the word of God, proclaims the word of God, listen, listen to what the Lord is saying to you. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, 
Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, but others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. I love the email Alyssa, you sent to myself and Danny, who's producing the show as well. Um, there's, in a panic almost, like, there's so much stuff. <laughs> I literally felt like my brain was going to blow up. I'm not even joking. Seven verses. I yes. sent some screenshots of my notes to some friends of mine just saying, guys, like, have a look at this. Yes. Um, it's just- awesome stuff. So much stuff. And so much stuff as well that has been contended. You know, it's, it's controversial in a sense because if you, like a person like myself who has a lot of dialogue with the Protestant world, you know, with the evangelical world, this is a place where we, we diverge a little bit, the way we interpret the word of God, because a lot of Protestants don't take this the way the Catholics take this, because this is the foundation. This is the place where we say and we understand um, the concept of the papacy, the Pope, you see the authority of the Pope. And so uh, while Protestants don't see it that way, they see it as something, um, an interpretation that Peter, it, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about all of this. We'll discuss all of this, but let's go a little bit to uh, some context again, to just to connect it to last week. For the last four weeks, Jesus has been trying to do something. What's that, Elisa? He's like, He's been trying to get away from the crowds. <laughs> from the crowds, not from people. From the crowds, that's the right. Crowds. That's right. So um, he's been performing miracles and he's had the death of John the Baptist, his cousin, um, and more and more people are finding out that there's something special about this guy. And so he just wants to get away and pray, but then people keep finding him. Yes. Um, and so he's just trying to hide. He's try, trying to hide from the, the, the Jewish crowd. So he last week he went to the... The, where the Canaanite woman was, um, uh, where Jews would never go. And now he's in Caesarea Philippi, which is a Greek place, which is a pagan place, again, where Greek crowds wouldn't go. It's a place of pilgrimage for the Greeks. It was a place for philosophers to go and discover who the next God was. And it was a place that was extremely rich. It was affluent. It's where all the rich um, People had their, their palaces and had their summer houses. It was the place where um, also there were so many false gods, Greek gods being displayed everywhere. And there was another massive temple, but this temple wasn't a Jewish temple. It was a temple dedicated, white marble, beautiful. I actually saw the remains of it. It's white marble and it's dedicated to Caesar, glorifying politics, glorifying earthly authority. So you have the affluence, rich people, the, and, and sort of money, mammon. You have the false gods that uh, were displayed over there. And also you have the glorification of authority, the glorification of politics. 
And these are three things in our lives as well that still apply today. And Jesus goes to this place and for a particular reason as well. Yeah, so Jesus had to, obviously the, the communities, like there was a whole bunch of divided opinions about um, who Jesus was. And so Jesus took the disciples away from him, away with him to this yes. place. And he asked them two questions. So the first one he asked is, who do people say that I am? And so then the disciples say, some say he's John the Baptist. Some say he's a prophet like Elijah or Jeremiah. But then he asks that all-important question to the disciples themselves, and it's the first time he asks them that directly, saying, who do you say that I am? Mm. And because he's ultimately preparing them to kind of build the foundation of the church, like yes. their opinion of him at this point in time was really critical. That's why he asked the question. Exactly. And so this, again, coming back to the understanding where he is journeying, he's journeying towards the cross. He's recognizing and helping the disciples recognize that Jesus is not going to be there physically for long. Okay. He's going to die. And so he's spending time alone, not because he wanted to be alone. He wanted to be alone this time with his disciples because he wanted to invest in their brains, in their faith. He wanted them to become the strong foundation to build a strong foundation so when he did die, they could build the church. He had no plan B. <laughs> there was no plan B. If the disciples failed, then it's over. <laughs> it's over. So he, he was really trying to invest. And this also brings me, like, I, I, I know it's out of, not out of context, but uh, think about th this coronavirus thing, you know? It's, we, we work and we, we're developing the kingdom of God, yourself as well, Alyssa, you, you're touring, you, you've st stood on stages with me in Panama in front of millions of people and ACYF, thousands of people. And uh, we do, we do we advance the kingdom of God. But this coronavirus has sort of brought me at least, and I know yourself as well, to a place to, see, to invest in the future, to invest in things that will last beyond the performance on stage, will last beyond um, even the crowds we stand in front of. But when we do get to stand in front of crowds again, you have a greater foundation. How awesome is that? Eh? Oh, my gosh. Hannah, I couldn't agree with you more. I was, we were just talking before we, we hit that all-important record button. I've just been loving spending time reading, and this podcast has just been such a blessing in my life, like learning all of this stuff. And I just have this, this fire inside of me that's yes. making me more excited when we get to go out and do that stuff again. Yes. Yeah, so now you can be in the middle of a song and say, let, let me talk to you a little bit about the papacy, <laughs> <laughs> because I have an understanding of it. <laughs> But it's so true. It's about building foundation. And this is what Jesus was doing. He's building this foundation. So he's asking people, his disciples, amongst in this place of false gods, in this place of affluence, in this place of the glorification of politics, he's saying, who do the people in this world, in the distractions of this world, who do they say that I am? And they come back with answers. What are the answers there? They come back. Yeah, they were saying, you know, some say you're John the Baptist, some say yeah. you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah. And these were amazing things. So John the Baptist saying that you're the one to come before the Christ. You, you're Jeremiah, you're a prophet. Hey, they were actually elevating him, you know. Mm -hmm. They were saying, hey, listen, they're recognizing you as someone important. They're, some, they're recognizing you as someone extraordinary. But then Jesus continues. He says to Peter and to the disciples, now, okay, we heard what the others say about me, but who do you say that I am? 
And why does Jesus do that? And what, what did they answer? Jesus was doing that because he needed to see where the disciples stood because he was ready to pass on the keys to the kingdom, as we said before. And Peter responds, you know, you are the Messiah, mm. uh, the Christ. And so at that point in time, like Israel had been waiting for centuries for God to send them a savior. And that's what all these prophets had been speaking about. And they were waiting for this Messiah because it would fulfill the covenant that God made with David back in the Old Testament where God promised to establish a kingdom of David for all time and all the heirs of that kingdom would be promised a unique relationship with God. Mm. Um, yeah, so there's a link to the Old Testament there. Absolutely. You see, so this is where God, Jesus is trying to set it, trying to see where they're at so he can invest from there. You see, he's trying to see, okay, how much have you understood? And Peter answers in a way that nobody has answered before. Who do you say that I am? And they say, you are Christ, the, the, the son of the living God. Okay, some of the gospels like Luke um, has it, you are the Christ. Um, I think it is um, a mark which says you are the Christ, son of the living God. How is it here in this, this gospel? I can't remember. I just closed it. Yeah, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, so he's de- declaring that he is the son of God. He is God. He's more than Jeremiah, more than John the Baptist, more. He's, he's some, but the thing is, they were the only ones who could really have that revelation, more than the people out there, because they knew Jesus, didn't know about Jesus. You know, people in the world know Jesus, and they honor him as a good man. They honor him as a prophet. But only those that know Jesus personally, through following Jesus, through spending time with Jesus in prayer, through studying his word, through letting God influence their lives. Those are the people that know Jesus. And they're the only ones that can declare Jesus as the Christ. Because for everyone else, he's just a good man. He's just a prophet. At most, he's Jeremiah. But Jesus needed more if he was going to invest in them, allow them. And he says to Peter later on, go feed my sheep, go feed my lambs. You know, he needed more than hey, you're just a good guy, you're just a prophet, you're just someone who's, who's performing miracles. Exactly. And then even Jesus said to Simon, Peter, after that, he says, blessed are you because this information has been, hasn't been revealed to you by human beings, like flesh and blood, it has been revealed to you by my Father. And so that understanding that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, that in itself is a gift from God. Yes, and, and, it, and it's, it's a revelation from relationship. And I think this is the personal discru- discovery. And then Jesus asks ask the same question. Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Uh, am I just a, someone part of your life? Am I someone who makes, gives you peace every now and then? Am I someone who sort of um, allows me to, to um, feel good? Or am I someone you have a relationship with? Am I someone, because you see when Peter was declaring him as the Christ, hey, that wasn't just a declaration. He, this was a commitment also. It was a commitment to surrender for him to become, for Christ. if he really believed that he was the Christ, then he had to submit to the Christ. If he was a prophet, he could be, okay, someone who speaks to me, but to say for Peter to declare that you are the Christ, he was surrendering at that point. He's saying, okay, you are God, you are the Christ. And I'm your subject. I'm surrendered to you. 
and this is, it, it costs a lot. It cost Peter a lot. It eventually cost his life. Eventually. After a long struggle. After he even, after this point, he still denied Christ three times. He yeah. still messed up. And this gives us hope as well. Even when we <laughs> declare him as Christ, we're still going to mess up. And that's fine. Just keep going. Keep following Christ. That's it. But because um, Peter had you know, said, you are the Messiah, you are the one, like that, Jesus was wrapped. Like mm. um, that gave him the confidence to say what he said next. And he, Jesus renamed Peter as the rock. And he said, on this rock, I will build my church. Oh, yes. And what does that mean? On this rock, I will build my church. This is where the controversy begins. You know, he, first of all, he renames him. What does it mean to rename something, to name something? So we see the renaming of significant figures all throughout the Bible. Um, Abraham was renamed to Abraham. Um, Jacob was renamed to Israel. And now we see it happening again with Simon being named to Peter. And it's like this new, um, when people have a new revelation of God and a new revelation of what their call is. Yes. So renaming had two significances. Okay. So the first we find in the very first book of the Bible, in Genesis, you say there's Adam and Eve, and what do they do to, with the animals? They go out and they name they name the animals. And the fact that you name something means that you have authority over something. Okay, I cannot. If you have a little baby, I cannot come to your house and say, "Hey, we will call this child John." <laughs> you can't. Okay, because uh, I have no authority to do that. But you can choose. You can choose to name your child. And, and the fact that you, there's the name is a, a commitment to care and also a, a commitment to, to authority. That's the, the point that I have authority over them. That's one. The second thing is purpose. Okay, when someone is named something or renamed something, it is to a purpose, as you just mentioned before. So, for example, Jacob was had wrestled had a wrestle with god after he wrestled with god then he was renamed ishmael israel so that means god god listens okay so from now on you're going to listen to the voice of god god says listen to your prayer now go declare that promise okay so abraham became abraham as well the, the father of all nations from that point the promise is going to be fulfilled you will be the father of all nations and now here peter simon becomes Petra, the, the rock, Cephas, the rock. Because you see, the declaration he made is the foundation of our Christian faith. You cannot, I can tell you this, you cannot be a Catholic. You cannot be a Christian unless you, you understand Jesus and you live at that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. Okay, and so this, again, is our responsibility to be like Peter, to be the little rocks. What's the difference between, explain to us, <laughs> you're, you're looking with horror in your eyes. What are you going to say to me? <laughs> no, explain to us this whole rock situation. <laughs> you're looking at me like, what am I going to say? The small rock, big rock. Some, look, the Protestants very often say, no, 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 no. Jesus was not talking about Peter being a big rock upon which the church is going to be built, but he was talking about a small rock. Um, uh, uh, but the Catholic Church believes that he, he, and we understand that Peter was being called the foundation stone. Who is the first foundation stone? Jesus, God. Jesus, God. All over scripture, 
Jesus, you are my firm foundation. Jesus, you are my rock. God, you are my rock. And all of a sudden, Jesus is taking this definition of, of, of himself and giving it to Peter and saying, you will be the rock, the foundation. It's not only the declaration you have made, but you as an individual, as, as your, your new role in your new naming, you will be the rock upon which other rocks will be built with the same declaration that you are Christ, the son of the living God. And so you come to this place where it is built and built. He was the first rock, the foundation rock, and then upon other. But what does it mean for Peter to be the rock? Well, it means he's going to be the leader of the church. So as you said, like Jesus is journeying to the cross and he's not going to be around much longer physically. And so he needed someone to give authority to so that his authority. church would continue. That's right. So it's an authority. He's giving the same authority that he had as the rock to Peter, which is crazy. Why would the divine give to to mere mortals, the same authority that he had, it's absolutely crazy, crazy. And this is why Protestants cannot grasp this. Why would Jesus put all of his eggs in one basket? Why would he put it in a, uh, this authority in a person who is so vulnerable and so broken and so unsure and so passionate but messes up every time? But he does that. And he does that not only by calling him the rock, but eventually we'll see as well. He also handed him something else, which is what? Hands him the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So it's kind of like, again, like connect to the Old Testament as well. So um, the possessor of the keys was like the chief steward. So it was like the most powerful position under the king itself. And so whenever the king was away as such, this person who had the keys stepped in and had authority. So that's what Jesus does here. Yes, he says, like, this is the key I'm giving you. So the person with the key had access to the door. So you could let bad things in, you could keep bad things out. You could let good things in, or you could keep good things out. So he's giving Peter the authority of the kingdom of, of heaven and, and with the truth of the kingdom of heaven. But before we go deep any, any time deeper, because I really want to, I think we should talk a little bit about the papacy here and what it means um, for, for Catholics to believe in the authority of the papacy and as Peter being, as Pope Francis, for example, being the successor of Peter. We'll talk a little bit about this, but let's break it up a little bit. Okay. Um, maybe what we'll talk, a blessing. Do you have a blessing before we go into our topic? I do have a blessing. So as the listeners know, my husband and I, as well as Georgia, like we're, we're all full-time musicians. And so obviously the entertainment industry has been hit very hard by coronavirus, as so many other industries have as well. But yesterday, my husband and I got a really nice package in the mail um, from some musicians who work with us in the secular industry. And it's called an ISO writer. So it's this box and it's just got all these cool things, like it's got... Um, masks it's got chocolates it's got biscuits it's got like a notebook and um it's even got this if anyone's watching on the video it's got this little um lanyard <laughs> it says iso rider and it's like what you would wear if you were at backstage or backstage yeah but the whole message behind it it's, it's you are not alone like reflect and refine and rediscover the fire and we'll get through this um just kind of acknowledging that some musicians might be struggling 
but it also had this like little trivia box inside with kind of the wacky things that some artists might request in their green room. Yeah, like blue M and M's. That's right. I think it's brown M and M's actually. Yeah, brown M and M's. And we have to like guess which artist it relates to, and we've been given the opportunity to to pay that forward to another musician, and so. My husband and I decided to do that to one of our friends as well. So just a really cool initiative. So if anyone's from ISA writers listening, thank you. Like you. <laughs> oh, good. That's good. Clever. <laughs> How about you, Father Rob? Any blessings? Well, I've had a, uh, I, I have had a, a few blessings as well. Like one of the things that I've seen is, for example, um, I, the fact that I, I get to, to speak in a lot of places as well, you know, and uh, this week we decided to launch the Knowing Mary course. And it's just the response to that has been so unbelievable and so overwhelming. I'm just, I just see that as a blessing, how people are um, even still, still being fed and still seeking the Lord through this six week course, you know, and, and just the response uh, through that has been just a, a wonderful blessing. Every morning I've been waking up, just say, thank you, Jesus, for this. And then I'm going to go on the website and say, how many people have signed up today? I'm just seeing how the progress of people, if they have any questions. And it's just been such a blessing to see people responding to the word of God through church online, but also through this course. But I think I, I'll quick, I know you cringe at this, but I want to do a dad joke. <laughs> Make me laugh, let's go. Okay, I don't hope I, okay. What do you call someone with nobody and no knowns? I don't know. Nobody knows. Oh. Ah, <laughs> the dad jokes have been a hit in the feedback we've been getting from the podcast. Oh, really? People are loving the dad jokes. Oh, okay, so we'll, we'll do some more next <laughs> time. Yeah, no, no, oh, now, okay. Um, I just have to make sure they're not inappropriate. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. Oh, I don't get that. First, maybe. <laughs> I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. Okay. I don't get that one. Okay. okay. Bad, bad joke. Right. Moving on. <laughs> one for next time. <laughs> <laughs> I prepared one. I just read the other without preparing. Yeah, okay. Just like you put me on the spot. I get to put yes. you on the spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair <laughs> enough. One for one. Let's talk about the papacy. Um, quickly, we talked about the authority given in two ways, okay? That he declared him as the rock, the big mm-hmm. rock, the cornerstone upon which um, he was going to build um, this church. So through the renaming, a new authority, but also he handed him the keys. Okay. And so uh, anyone with the keys of, of the kingdom of a king had to act with the, with the mind and the authority of the, the king. So they had the power to let things in and keep things out and vice versa. But can I just explain something about the papacy? When we talk about, um, there's the verse, you know, what you will loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What will be bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Now, what he's talking about here is this key. What you're going to let in to the kingdom of heaven is going to affect the lives, the eternal lives of people. What you keep out of, of this kingdom is going to affect the people's eternity as well. So he's talking about truth and teaching here. What you bind on earth as to be the truth and what you lose on earth to be false will be, uh, will be bound in heaven. It's going to affect how people and the way people get to heaven. So this is a big entrusting by Jesus to the office of Peter. Like far out. They have the power to influence people's eternity. 
And so this is why we need to pray for the Pope. This is why we need also to trust in the, we'll talk about this as well quickly, maybe, Alyssa, you can talk about the infallibility of the Pope. What does it mean? You see, it's, it's tied to that. This is where we talk about the infallibility of the Pope. It's a, what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. What does it mean? Does it mean, I don't know. Well, it's a massive misconception and it, it, people often like, think because the Pope is infallible, he's perfect, so to say, but that's actually so far from the truth. Um, it doesn't mean that, that papal infallibility doesn't mean that a Pope will not sin or will not give bad example or will neglect to teach actual truths of the church. But what papal infallibility does is that it prevents the Pope from formally teaching something as truth that's actually an error. And so the Holy Spirit, this is where the Holy Spirit comes in, actually prevents this error from happening. Um, and we see this mirrored in Peter as well. Like Peter wasn't perfect, but the problem was not with his teaching. It was with Peter's actions. And yes. also like we need to trust that if Jesus has set up a church, he must provide a means for its continuation. And that's exactly what papal infallibility is. Yes, and he said it will prevail. The gates of hell will not prevail because the Holy Spirit is involved. He promised to be with the church forever, forever. So that's why we need to hold on to the church. But the infallibility of the Pope, if the Pope sends a tweet, is that infallible? No. So we were just talking about like the the Pope can't just wake up one morning and say, hey, I'm just going to make an infallible statement today. Like let's just do it, sign off on it like doesn't it's it's a massive process and maybe you can talk a bit about yes look like this is what like for example trump is doing right now he's saying okay he wakes up one moment morning and i'm just going to say okay i'm signing a declaration that tiktok is no longer allowed in the united states now that's not how papal infallibility works you see there's a whole the pope only makes uh, pope francis as far as i know hasn't made any infallible declarations and these are dogmas for example the um the fact that we are as catholics to believe in the immaculate conception okay that mary was conceived without sin because of the authority of jesus because to preserve the 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 purity of jesus okay mary was immaculately conceived you don't have a choice as a catholic whether to or not to believe it that is a papal declaration that is a dogma infallibly spoken okay so things like this or for example the eucharist the real presence of the eucharist we cannot as catholics choose not to believe in the real presence if you don't believe in the real presence then you're not catholic okay because this is the authority that the given to the pope and the pope doesn't just wake up one morning and think that he Praise and discerns and months and and they go through discussions, theological discussions and and it's just it's something that is done so prayerfully through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's what what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And through those declarations, people can get access into heaven. And people who who are trying to cheat heaven will not be able to because of these declarations because of these protections as well for the kingdom of God. This is what, what that um, sort of declaration means, that what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, what you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then we take that authority which is given to the bishops, which is given within a diocese, which is given to the priests within their parishes, again, uh, can come down also to the forgiveness of sins, that we have the authority as well um, through the sacraments to the forgiveness of sins. But again, it comes from the office of Peter. 
Let's talk a little bit about the office of Peter, um, succession, apostolic succession. Do you have anything? I do. Um, Even I know I've been talking a lot about the Old Testament today because that's what I've been learning about this week. But um, there's links to the papacy in that whole um, covenant with David. So David was the king and then um, that kingship was like passed on to different, to all of his descendants. And it's the same thing with the Pope. So Peter was the first Pope and then that authority, that big word of the day has been passed on to other people. Mm. And those are like the first that handed over to Linus, Cletus, Clement, all of these. And we know that um, that infallibility, that office, you see the, the, the rock, the Petrus, the renaming is handed over from one Pope to another. And so they, we know them to be the successors of Peter, which have the same authority that Jesus gave to Peter. This is what we believe and we hold on to as, as Catholics. And yes, yeah, Alyssa, you go. Oh, I was just going to say, um, and, and that happens through a process called conclave. Oh, it's a big word. That's the, uh, when they meet in the Sistine Chapel, you remember, and the white smoke comes out. That's where they choose the Pope. You know, when, yeah. when they were um, choosing who the next Pope was going to be after Pope Benedict and Pope Francis, there was this little feature you could get on your phone that like would text you when the white smoke came out yes. of the chimney. and. I think it was like five in the morning and I remember like getting this alarm and we have a new Pope. So wow. That was pretty cool. That's a, that's a cool SMS service. We should offer that as FRG Ministries. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I, I want to do, have an FRG Ministry app one day. Oh, I think you've just started something. No. <laughs> no, it's good. You should. We should. We should. But Peter was always considered, even in the scripture, he was always the first. Okay. He was always the first mentioned in the transfiguration. The first, Jesus um, proclaimed um, the word of God, he proclaimed his, on the boat of Jesus. He, um, in the Acts of the Apostles, he was the first to, to um, perform miracles. He was the first to enter into the empty tomb. So Peter was very much um, seen as the, as the leader, as the, as the authority in the Apostles. And Peter was actually the longest serving Pope. So um, Tell us some interesting facts. Yeah, I want to I know. know. Interesting facts. So Peter was the lo- had the longest papacy. It was about 35 years. So from the time Jesus died, like Peter served as Pope or was leader of the church until his mid-60s where he was crucified in Rome. Um, the shortest papacy was only 12 days in 1590. And the longest gap between popes happened between the years 1268 and 1271. And the gap was two years and nine months. That's where crazy. Can you imagine, eh? like uh, not having um, a leader for that long? It would have been really hard, been difficult. Um, And now we have um, Pope Francis who leads us. And uh, again, he has that same authority. He's the successor of Peter. And he's one we're also asked during every mass we pray for because he's um, someone who is sort of guiding us, leading us um, towards heaven. Okay, so I think what we'll do is we'll finish off here. Um, challenge of the week. So we spoke today about the all-important question that Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? So the challenge for our listeners this week is to really think about this question in your own life and maybe write down a sentence as to what, who Jesus is for you personally. And if you feel comfortable, share that sentence with us all over our social media so you can do that at on instagram at catholic influencers underscore you can do that via email it's podcast at frgministry.com or you can do it on our youtube channel so it's um, youtube.com forward slash frg 
Yeah. And so again, if you'd like to get some more resources, go to frgministry.com forward slash church online. And over there also, there's a link to our new course, Knowing Mary. I encourage you also to subscribe to that, to get um, this course going, get to know Mary, her authority, get to know the way she leads us to Jesus. Even if you don't have a devotion to Mary, this is a great opportunity for you um, to to deepen that understanding of, of Mary in, in the role, Mary's role in our life. So thank you once again for listening to us and we'll see you and you'll hear us again next week. God bless. Bye.